0: From our studios here in the great South Bay, in Long Island, New York, this is the Home Tour Sports podcast. Here's your host, Matthew Alley from the studios of Home Tour Sports. This is Home Tour. This is the Home Tour Sports podcast. I'm Matthew Ali. I'm your host, man. We are in the second day of March. Oh no, we're on hump day. And I got one thing to say to Major League Baseball. Congratulation. Consistent failure to negotiate with the players union in good faith has forced the cancellation of regular season games starting with the season opener. And a couple, and a couple, and a couple, and this first series, two series. Worst case scenario, folks. The spend, the endless spin, the endless spin, and demonizing of the union failed miserably. This has got to be the darkest day in baseball right now because owners got too greedy the players want more want more want better pay better better like i don't know a better solution to be successful and all of a sudden if the small if if you're a small market club i mean you probably want more revenue you probably want to see people be more competitive ESPN reports that Major League Baseball has canceled opening day with Commissioner Rob Manfred announcing Tuesday that the sport will scrap regular season games over a labor dispute for the first time in 27 years after acrimonious lockout talks collapsed in the hours before the management's deadline. Oh, boy. Like most people say, baseball is run by a clown. Baseball is run by a clown. With owners and players unable to agree on a contract to replace the collective bargaining agreement that expired December 1st, Manfred canceled the first two series for each of the 30 teams, cutting each club's schedule from 160 games to likely 156 at most. A total of 91 games were erased. Thanks in part of the owners, of course, Manfred said the league and the union have not made plans for future negotiations, and that players won't be paid for missed games. Manfred said, "My deepest hope is is we get an agreement quickly. I'm really disappointed we didn't make an agreement." But after the size made progress during 13 negotiation sessions over 16 and a half hours Monday, the league sent the players' association the best and final offer on Tuesday the nice straight day of negotiations of course players rejected that offer setting the stage for MLB to follow through on its threat to next opening day nice going guys they wouldn't even trade dignity for dollars how's that turn out how's that how's that going Union Chief Tony Clark, speaking at a news conference later Tuesday, said the players remain committed to the bargaining process and getting back on the field as soon as possible. Of course, he also said the players want to play. Everyone knows that, but the reason we are not playing is simple. So lockout is the ultimate economic weapon. In a $10 billion industry, the owners have made a conscious decision to use this weapon against the greatest asset they have, the players. But the group won't be intimidated. I've seen more unity over the last few years than at any time in our recent history. Yeah. Makes you real proud to be a big man. Five ten p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday. Manfred issued a statement that many fans have been dreading. Nothing to look forward to on opening day. Normally, a spring standard of renewal for fans throughout the United States and Canada. This is the ninth. The ninth work stoppage in baseball history will be the fifth that causes regular season games to be canceled, leaving Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium and Dodgers Stadium and Yankee Stadium and City Field quiet the next month as Joker Marchant Stadium and Camelback Ranch have been during the third straight disrupted spring training. Memphis said, the concerns of our fans are at the very top of our consideration list. In a statement, the union said it was not surprised by the outcome. Yeah, and of course, those two. And there were several strikes in Major League Baseball history. 1972, 86 in 86 games lost due to a strike. 81, there was a strike. There was also a strike. 713 games lost, 1985, 25 games lost, all but two games were later made up. And, of course, the strikeout at 94-95, 948 games were lost, including the World Series. That robbed the Yankees of a title one for 94. And now, 91 games lost in this year's lockout. This has got to be, this is run by, MLB is run by a clown. Come on. I mean, the union, of course, the union said when it was not surprising by the outcome, Rob Manfred and MLB owners have canceled the start of the season. Players and fans around the world who love baseball are disgusted but sadly not surprised. From the beginning of these negotiations, players' players objectives have been consistent to promote competition, provide fair compensation for young players, and to uphold the integrity of our market system against the backdrop of growing revenues and record profits. We are seeking nothing more than a fair agreement. What Bob Manfred characterized as a defensive lockout is, in fact, the culmination of a decades-long attempt by owners to break our player fraternity. As in the past, this effort will fail. We are united and committed to negotiating a fair deal that will improve the sport for players, fans, and everyone who loves our game. Of course, the union said later Tuesday that it would push for canceled games to be rescheduled when talks resume. Union chief negotiator Bruce Byers said it said to say they won't reschedule games if games are cancelled or they won't pay players for those games that are cancelled is solely their position they are not legally required to take those positions, we would have a different position. The lockout in its 90th day will plunge a sport staggered by the coronavirus pandemic and afflicted by numerous on-field issues into a self-inflicted hiatus over the over the inability of players and owners to divide a $10 billion industry. By losing regular season games, scrutiny will fall even more intensely on Manfred, who has been the pitcher since January of 2015, and Tony Clark, the former all-star first baseman, who became union leader when Michael Weiner died in November 2003. (laughs) What did Mark Mark Stroman say? He went on social media. He went on Twitter and said, Manfred's got to go. Well, the bulk of fan ira on social media was aimed at Manfred. Who has been who spotted practicing his golf swing between bargaining sessions by an Associated Press photographer on Tuesday? Others were upset that Manfred was laughing and a jovial with reporters at his news conference announcing the cancellation. Yeah, run, but it's run by a clown. Michael Lorenzen, the LA, LA, LA Angel, Los Angeles Angels pitcher, tweeted, I have no clue how he has the ability. To laugh about anything right now. Mind is blown. Past stoppages were based on issues such as the salary cap, free agent compensation, and pensions. Whereas this fight is was years in the making with players angered that payrolls decreased by 4% from 2015 through last year. Many teams did a portion of veteran journeymen with high-priced contracts in favor of youth with lower-priced contracts. And some clubs gave up on competing in the short term to better position themselves for future years. And free agent pitcher Andrew Mills said, this is not just about shifting pieces of the pie around. This is about getting the game that we love to work and operate effectively and perform and let us focus on what we'd like to do. Of course, the sport will be upended by its second shortened season in three years. The 2020 schedule was cut from 162 games to 60 because of the pandemic. A decision players filed agreements over and are still litigating. Of course, this disruption will create another issue if 15 days of the season are wiped out. Stars such as Shohei Otani, Pete Alonso, Sheik Cronenworth, and Jonathan India will be delayed an extra year from reagency. Players will lose $20.5 million in salary for each day of the season that is canceled, according to an AP study, and the 30 teams will lose large sums that are harder to pin down. Of course, members of the union's executive subcommittee stand to lose the most with back shurcer forfeiting 3232975 bucks for each regular season day loss. And Garical 193,548 bucks. Scherzer and Miller were present for talks. Both stopped to sign autographs for fans as he left Roger D Stadium, the fake spring training home for the St. Louis Cardinals and Miami Marlins. What the negotiations have been held since the start of last week's. The first 86 games of the 1983 season were cancelled by a strike over pension negotiations. The 1981 season was fractured by a 50-day midseason strike over free agent compensation rules that cancelled 713 games. And a strike that started in 19 August of 1994 over management's attempt to gain a salary cast salary cap, canceled the final 699 games and led to a three-week delay of the 95 season when the schedules were cut from 162 to 62 games to 144. We're prepared, Miller said. We've seen this coming, in a sense. It's unfortunate, but this isn't new. This is not shocking. Players and owners enter deadline day far apart on many key issues and unresolved than others. The most contentious proposals above luxury ta- involve luxury tax, thresholds, and rates, the size of a new bonus pool and pre-arbitration players, minimum salary, salary arbitration, eligibility, and the union's desire to change the club revenue share formula. While the differences has narrowed in recent days, the sides remain apart, with how far apart, depending on the point of view. MLB's proposed, rating, proposed raising the luxury tax threshold from $210 million to $220 million in each of the next three seasons. $224 and in 2025, 230 million in 2026. Players ask for 230 million dollars this year, 244 million in 2023, 250 million in 2024, 256 million in 2025 and 263 million in 2026. So that's that's fair. Miafra said, we have a payroll disparity problem. And to weaken the only mechanism in the agreement that's designed to promote some semblance of competitive balance is just something that I don't think the club group is prepared to do right now. Yeah, run by a clown. They're, they're They're run by a clown, all right. Says Scherzer, we're seeing it as a salary cap. The San Diego Padres have a higher payroll than the New York Yankees. And he's right. Of course, MLB proposed $2.25 million annually for a new bonus pool for pre-arbitration players and a union dropped from $150 million to $85 million for this year, with $5 million yearly increases. Scherzer said, Max Scherzer said there's dollars to be allocated towards them that would fairly compensate their contributions on the field more so than what's on the table. Of course, the league also increased its proposal for minimum salaries from $675,000 to $7,000, $700,000, moving up to $10,000 per year. Those figures were based on there being an increase to 12 postseason teams and the addition of five lottery slots in a the draft. The union, the union asked for seven hundred twenty-five dollars this year, seven hundred forty-five dollars in 2023, $765,000 in dollars in 2024. And increases for 2025 and 2026 based on the consumer price index for urban wage earners. Matt and Rob Manfred said the last five years have been very difficult. Well, very difficult years for revenue perspective for the industry, given a pandemic. Oh, yeah, he's an idiot. He ran the organization. The owner MLB is run by a clown. I tend to agree. I mean. I mean, let's face it. There's gonna be a lot of we're gonna talk about this in depth today. I mean, this guy. I mean, this is we're gonna laugh. we're gonna laugh. this is a self-inflicted on MLB's part, and this is on Rob Manfred alone. We'll be right back after this. This is Home Tour Sports right here on Anchor. <laughs> I know, I get it. You're looking for the best shirts in town, something that associates with the area, or something like that. Let Mac of Amityville help you out. Of course, Mac is the home of the Mac t-shirts, Long Island Toss t-shirts, Island Tribe t-shirts, and plenty of cool stuff, merchandise you can find. It's the best shop you ever find here, shop in Amityville. Well, check them out down on down on Route 110 and 10 at the next to the next to the Amityville Amityville train station. That's the, that's mid- from the Amityville train station. I mean, and don't forget to check them out and check them out today. Long Island, you got Rucker, Harlem has Rucker, Lincoln and Queens got Lincoln, well, um, but Long Island has the Mac. All right, we're back with Home Tour Sports. Man, I can't wrap my head around this lockout business. And now, right now, this is the idiocracy of a clown posing as a MLB commissioner and trying to make yourself look like a good guy. He's also he's and he's a and he's a fucking clown. And there's a lot of Twitter reaction coming from coming from all that. I mean, coming from all angles. I mean, even the aforementioned Marcus Stroman bit. I mean, Marcus Stroman said, "Manfred, gotta go." Couldn't agree more. The guy's not negotiating good faith. Anthony Rizzo love Rez. As a Yankee fan, I love the guy. Want him back. This one back this year. But but this has got to be the most pathetic on ownership. I mean, to the fans, we will miss you the most. To the younger generation of baseball players, this is for you. Thank you, man. thank you, Rizzo. We we owe you one. Because we we give you game. Adam Wayne White, of course, said, went on Twitter and said, Caleb, Caleb and I will be ready for whatever the call comes. Hope this brings a smile to some, to some who might be disappointed right now. Baseball is still awesome. Was watching Little League yesterday. Awesome. Been practicing with high school pits. Awesome. Baseball isn't a problem. Couldn't agree more with that. Couldn't agree more with them. Couldn't agree more with them. She posted a video, which is you can feel on Twitter. And it's cat Uncle Charlie 50. I mean, hey, let's face it, it's a good one. Well, AJ Ian Hap is thinking about looking for a secondary job while the lockout is underway, of course. Of course, it came from a tweet here. It started as a joke, but now it's the real thing. Until baseball is back, we have a coffee to get you through the doldrums. Each bag is numbered 1,200, the number of the players in the union. One one bag, one bag, one dollar bag, one dollar per bag, one dollar a bag. Supports the MLB players trust, the charitable arm of the MLPA. That's going to be great. The lockout blend. They got a brand new lockout blend. I'm looking forward to buying that myself. Of course, I said, consider becoming a barista. And of course, Brett Anderson posted a video. He actually had it. I guess is it though? He quoted. He actually quoted Jeff Passan, who Jeff Passan was covering the whole lockout to lockout for ESPN. It says the concerns of our fans are at the very top of our consideration list. man Fred, on the day MLB canceled regular season games during a league lockout, accused of meme here. He said, is that don't." I'm I I tend to agree, I'm I tend to agree. I said, yeah, I, yeah, that's a good cool question on my part. Jonathan India went on Twitter went on Twitter. And said, it's just sad. This is just sad, yeah. As a Yankee fan, yeah, this is it, This is fucking sad. Nothing more than. Congratulate then congratulations, MLB. Congrats, MLB. I can smell it. I can smell a urinating tree fit about that right now. Because this is this is a lot. This is not. This is not good business sense when the Major League Baseball is run by a clown. Not one bad. I mean, come on. CBT, the CBT screwed up. you're arguing over the screw CBT. And I mean, Alex Wood, when I was wondering said FWIW MLB has pumped to the media last night and today that there's momentum towards a deal. Now, saying that staying the player's tone has changed. So, if a deal isn't done today, it's our fault. This isn't a coincidence. We had we've had the same tone all along. We just want a fair deal to play ball and a meal you know, and to play ball. Joey Gallo started his own new LinkedIn, looking for I'm looking for some new career, secondary career choice during the lockout. He said, "I'm new here at LinkedIn." So yeah, So, yes, Lee's looking for a new job. He's looking for a new job. But there's plenty of reactions in return in, in regards to well Rob Manfred on Twitter and lot and a lot and a lot of it had to do with this is it this is on him. Rob Manfred is an idiot for all, all around. And and why am I talking about this on the show? Why are you covering this? You would ask. Simple. This is a news story. You cover the stories that matter to to the sport. As a Yankee fan, this is business. This is a business. I am disgusted at MLB right now. I wouldn't even wear a Yankee hat right now. Barstool Sport, Barstool Sports! Right now are protest are starting a protest of the MLB lockout outside their headquarters. Of course that's easy. Twitter went on to say, all I wanted to do. Dan Duel went on. I all I wanted to do was play some NRFI bets. Locked out. Thanks a lot. My man Fred Chucklin. Yeah, and there and no, no one's happy. So, so I mean, Less, no one's happy. Dan Lust went on Dan Lust on Twitter. <laughs> Said, welcome to the MLB lockout. The points are just like what Manfred's Harvard, the law, the law degree. The deadlines are made up, and the points don't matter. The <laughs> paying homage to whose line is it anyway? Another tweet from Jeffrey Jeff Malone also went on Twitter and said, Just a reminder that the last time the MLB initiated a lockout was in 1990, when it took until March 19th to reach a new de- reach a deal. They started the season on April 9th and extended the regular season to keep a 162-game schedule. Tonight doesn't have to be a deadline to play 162. Turns out I was wrong. And, of course, let's see, and then there's, and then there's, they got, uh, ages, Super Agent to Superstars Rachel Luba said what Manfred said. We hope that the lockout will jumpstart the negotiations to get us to an agreement. What Manfred meant, we hope it will force players to just cave to our demands without any need to compromise or negotiate on our end. She also said this deadline is just plan B since the initial lockout and didn't force players to cave without MLB needing to negotiate in good faith. That was a couple of days before the deadline. Boy, and now Manfred really, really, effed this one up. And the running gag, and the running gag for me is and of course, is really good for me. I mean, that will be really, really screwed up, bridge for me, for me as a fan. And I would say MLB really screwed the pooch this time around. They screwed. Of course, Mike, of course, the, the National Basketball Players Association, Players Association, did show this. So solid shows a little bit. So a statement, put out a statement in support of the, for it. And it says, the NBA players stand with our butters at the MLBPA. As they fight in collective bargaining for more than just and more just an equitable system on behalf of current and future generations of professional baseball players. Of course, the MLBPA has a long history of sacrifice for the common good, and we have no doubt that despite yesterday's announcement postponing the start of the regular season, the players and their leadership will work diligently and thoughtfully towards a deal, towards a fair deal. That uh, that all baseball fans could, will appreciate, regardless of how long the process takes. And the NBA, of course, had a history of lockouts too. 1999, there was a lockout after the season. It started the 52 game, 50 games for the 98-99 season, and of course, there's that 2011-2012 game started on Christmas Day. Well, that's that's that way happened. Me, oh, and of course, um, there's. I mean, I'm not gonna say this. This is our Manfred. My Manfred is a clown, Rob Manfred transformed into a clown all over again. One tweet says, tired, someone's tired of. The selfish, greedy people in Major League Baseball. This includes the players and owners. A so question: If you still want to be such a dire baseball fan, it's just ridiculous. What if the fans had a strike against Major League Baseball? Answer: We don't. I mean, I pay more. I pay money to watch New York, watch Yankee games. I have a lot of restraint. I have a lot of restraint. To watch it, watch Major League Baseball. But this it has got to be the most dumbest thing I've ever seen under Major League Baseball. Of course, inning. Tree 1 on Twitter said TFW, the sport you oversee us at Series Jeopardy. You make the last commissioner of MLB look like Pete Wazell. And you're responsible for one of the biggest black guys in recent history. This is one of, this is my favorite. And of course, responsible for a favorite treat. Congratulation MLB! Your consistent failure to negotiate with the players who a good faith has forced the cancellation of games. The worst case scenario! Endless men and demonizing of the union has failed! Rob Manfred will now receive a piece of metal as reward! <laughs> yeah, I dig it. My manfred really deserves that piece of metal. He also added, and worse worse this has got to be the most select, worst, worst day in baseball history. Bang, and then bang. I mean, no baseball, probably not until yet. And Jim, my Jim, Jim, my son, Maisano, one on Twitter says, "What a joke!" But I have better stuff to watch: March Madness, NHL, and NBA. When that's done, I'll go hiking to the into the beach and start getting ready for ML, NFL and CFB college football. Bottom line. Owners and players apparently don't care how much MLB is falling behind other sports. Just as young people. Totally agree with that statement. I mean, I, well, no, I'm in the, I, I, of course, I listen to the New York Yankees, and I'm, I listen to the New York Yankees and, key occasions. And, of course, the job, my beloved New York Giants suck. But at the end of the day, I'm laughing at this or laughing at it. This is probably hilarious. This has got to be a all that money gone to waste because everybody got too fucking greedy. Everybody, every and everybody loses. Hooray for, hooray for insanity! Hooray for insanity! Hooray for hooray for morality! We all should be fucking proud. That morat, that mm, that morons so are running baseball to the ground, and it's not the players, it's its commissioner. We got a lot, plenty to t- we got plenty more to talk, plenty to talk about. So stay right where you are. We'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. I know your shirts are bland, your hats are bland, your business is th- th- businesses are bland, so why not give it a facelift with Li Tops? Li Tops is the is Long Island's home for custom shirts, custom hats, and of course, putting up vinyl, putting up vinyl banners for you and all your stuff for, you, for your businesses and whatever have you. Long Island Chops is home to some of the with some of the best guys in the business to we'll work to get this get make sure your product stands out from the best. Don't forget to visit them. Don't forget to give them a chance. Look out, oh, L I Chops. If it ain't us, it ain't lit. That's L I T O P D All right, welcome back from home to, to Home Tour Sports. Giants fans, Joe Sean is doing some house cleaning. ESPN reported the the New York Giants are releasing tight end Kyle Rudolph. The vet, of course, the veteran, uh, of course, the veteran announced Wednesday on social media earlier today on social media. Rudolph vote, you know, wrote, say wrote certainly not. Not the year any of us expected, but a year we will never forget. Thanks to everyone in the building who took in and helped this old guy who needed to relearn everything about a new organization. Of course, Rudolph texted ESPN's Adam Schefter that he is not retiring and intends to play next season. Where, Where that may be is anyone's guess. Of course, Rudolph, who's 32, just had 26 catches for 257 yards, with a touchdown in his only year with the Giants, it was one of his one of the least productive seasons of an accomplished career, in which he made two Pro Bowls with the Minnesota Vikings in 2012 and 2017. He wrote on Twitter, um, "Giants fans, thanks for taking me and my family in this past year. Of course, certainly not the year, not the year any of us expected." But a year we will never forget. We are appreciative of the, of the Mara, fam, Mara and Tish families for giving us the opportunity to be a New York Giant. Thanks to everyone in the building who took in and helped this old guy who needed to relearn everything about a new organization. Finally, my teammates in my 11 years of this league. League, I'm not sure I've been around a closer group of guys. Couldn't agree more. Of course, his release was... Uh, good because this release was a rather easy decision for the Giants and a new regime led by general manager Joe Schoen, who said, too, yesterday the team would have to make tough decisions to get under the salary cap. Of course, Rudolph is scheduled to count $7.4 million against the Cat this year. Of course, the Giants saved $5 million with the move, even if it includes $2.4 million in dead money. Of course, New York will need to address the tight end position in free agency and or in the drafts. And starter Evan Ingram also is scheduled to be a free agent. Of course, the signing of Rudolph was questionable from the start by former GM Dave Gettleman, which occurs to this day. Of course, agreeing to, after agreeing to terms on a two-year deal worth $12 million last offseason, it was discovered that Rudolph would need surgery on a foot injury that limited him the previous season. The Giants, however, decided to honor the contract and Rudolph missed the entire spring and most of the summer. He never really hit a stride in New York as it appeared he lost a step while struggling to create separation, just averaging 2.9 yards per separation per next-gen stats. He averaged 4.0 yards, 4 yards, and 3.4 yards of separation in the two previous seasons. Of Of course, Rudolph went to Notre Dame. Has previously spent uh, spent the previous ten years with the Minnesota Vikings. His only rookie season in 2014, when he missed almost half the year with injuries, was the was the less productive was the less productive than this past season. Of course, he has 479 catches for four for 70, yards and forty nine touchdowns in his pro, pro career. Uh, and I guess. Joe Schoen's doing some house cleaning. This is this is business one on one. and of course, Jordan Rannon reported Saquon reported yesterday that Saquon Barkley is not untouchable. The New York Giants are at least willing to entertain phone calls on the talented running back. New gentleman, of course. Schoen said Tuesday at the NFL scouting combine, with a new regime in place, a difficult a difficult salary cap situation, and an injury-filled three seasons for Barkley, Schoen said he is open to hearing what offers are out there. The Giants are currently estimated at more than 11 million over the cap, according to ESPN's roster management system. They will have to shed excess weight by cutting or trading some quality players. Among the possibilities appears to be moving Barkley, who is guaranteed $707.217 million on the fifth-year option of his rookie contract for 2022. Joe mm-hmm. said, we're still working through that, but I'm open to everything. Like, whether it's trading player for player, I'll listen to anybody. If it's trading a couple of players, I'm not going to say the entire roster that we're open for business on the entire roster. But if anyone is going to call and they're interested on any of our guy players, I'm certainly going to listen. Again, we're in a situation where unfortunately we have to get under the salary cap. We're not in very good salary cap health. Again, I'm not going to say yes to every deal, but I'm going to but I'm definitely going to listen and be open to the situation that are best for the New York Giants. Yeah, she's doing some house cleaning. That tells you there. Of course, Sean had, mm, has had, had a much different tone when he asked specifically about quarterback Daniel Jones and wide receiver, Kadarius Tony last year's first round pick out of the university of Florida, who struggled to stay on the field because of injuries. Of course, the immediate the imminent futures appear more certain with the giants. Even if the team's brass indicated there has, there hasn't been a decision on Jones's fifth year option that is due this spring. Of course, showing said, we're going to bring in competition everywhere, but Daniel Jones is our court, starting quarterback right now. Of course, this reiterated the comments from showing and new coach, Brian, Dable during their introductory news conferences, whether they are, they indicated the offense will be built around Jones's skill set. God help us. Of course, Tony, who was, it was the 20th football selection just last year. He had 39 receptions for 400 and 420 yards in 10 games, four starts as a rookie. Well, they're looking for they're looking forward to him being a part of the new offense as well. Showing said, I don't think Kadarius is a tradable piece. What well, Showing said, she said about the young playmaker. Again, if somebody calls, we're going to listen. He's, good young, he's a good young player or coaches really like. We've been in constant contact with him and we're excited to see what he can do. Of course, regardless, there are going to be some notable moves. Sean wants to clear some $40 million to cash space in the next few few weeks. Of course, James Brad, Brad, Bradbury, think Kyle Rudolph, got already. And Potter, Riley, Dixon are among the players. Who could be moved? Wide receiver Sterling Shepard, who's coming off an Achilles injury, is another contract that could be adjusted or addressed. He soon, when asked when the cap cutting will start, indicating it will begin before. Well, he said, showing said soon. Indicating it will begin before free agency opens in just over two weeks. In the meantime, Giants have a lot of lots of contingency plans. They have several ways they can reach show and goal. Barkley could be the biggest name to be a victim of the cap casualties. He had 200, 2,028 total yards as a rookie. He had 200, 2,391 in the three seasons since, in large part because of injuries. It was a right ankle sprain in 2019, a torn ACL the following year, and problem with his left ankle this past season. It had a great, greatly affected his production and value, of course. But the Giants still think Barkley is a great player, when healthy. If he stays on, the, stays with the team, he will be a big part of the offense. Well, Dable said, Dable said, you know, I think if you, I think you, if you have good players, you try to get the ball in their hands as much as possible. Whoever they, that may be, a running back, tight end, receiver, Saquon is. Is a good player for us. We'll do our best to put him in a good position. Yeah, by probably cutting him, cutting him. This, these are the kind of things that Giants uh, that makes me question this team. The Giants are open for business, and they want, and we, and we as fans, we want results. And that tells you right there, because you're putting your, te- you're putting your team in a in a situation where you should be tanking. You could be tanking for a new quarterback. Probably probably that Alabama kid. Alabama kid, Kiffin Alabama. But right now, if Daniel Jones is your long-term solution or quarterback, good luck with that. We're going to wrap this up right after this. So don't go anywhere. This is Homestore Sports on Anchor and wherever you find the show. Miss the segment? Don't worry, Home Tour Sports got you covered. Don't, don't forget to check us out on Anchor immediately after the species episodes end. And then you have new episodes they are every day at 2 on Species as well as launching on and as well later on day on Anchor and or and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Voss, to wrap this up, I mean, look who's putting up Chelsea for sale. Roman, well, Roman Abramovich will be putting, will be selling Chelsea, putting up for sale someone who is willing to make sure they're on a perfect success. Of course, ESPN reports Roman Abramovich has confirmed his intention to sell Chelsea. ESPN reported earlier on Wednesday that the 55-year-old was willing to listen to offers for the club, and Abramovich confirmed the plans in a statement released on the Blues' website later in the day. I would like to, he said, I would like to address the speculation in the media over the past few days in relation to my ownership of Chelsea, Chelsea FC. As I have stated before, I have always taken decisions with the club's best interests at heart. In the current situation, I have therefore Taking the decision to sell the club, as I believe this is in the best interest of the club, the fans, the employees, as well as the club's sponsors and partners. Of course, the sales of the club will not be fast-tracked, but will follow due process. I will not be asking for any loans to be repaid. This has never been about business nor money for me, but but about pure passion for the game and club. Of course, I'm a Obama is under pressure to sell because. Should the UK government sanction him, Chelsea, Chelsea could be seized as an asset. He would be unable to, be, to put any funds into the club, and any sale would become extremely complicated. Sources have told ESPN that Abramovich is seeking around $3 billion, $2.24 billion in American, in American money for the Blues, but his ability to negotiate is severely hampered by the timing of his decision apparently influenced by the mounting pressure on the U.K. government to seize the assets of I value Russian individuals with links to Russian President Vladimir Putin's regime following the country's u- invasion of Ukraine. Of course, Abravovich has always strenuously denied any ties to Putin, but Labour Party leader Sir Kier Starmer publicly called on the government to impose sanctions on the Chelsea owner at Wednesday's sessions of Prime Minister's questions. He said, he is a person of interest to the Home office because of his links to the Russian state and his public association with corrupt activity and practices. Last week, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson said Abramovich was facing sanctions. He later corrected the record to say he isn't. Well, why on earth isn't he? But and of course, Boris Johnson said it is not appropriate for me to comment on individual cases at this stage. Obamovich originally tried to avoid having to sell announcing on Saturday evening he was evening he was passing stewardship and care of the club to Chelsea to, to trustee us on Saturday. However, sources told ESPN that the trustees were seeking legal advice before responding to Ab- Obamovich's instruction due to amount concerns that a charitable foundation. It's not su- not a suitable entity to run a football club, and it appears that the, m- the move did not achieve the degree of separation the oligarch has hoped. Sources told USA ESPN US at USA firm Rain Group has been appointed to manage the sale, and interested parties include LA Dodgers owner Todd Boley who expressed owner interest of buying a Premier League club in 2019. He held talks with the Blues and Tottenham, but failed to find an agreement with either owner. Swiss Swiss business tycoon Hans-Jörg Weiss exclaimed, Obamovich contacted interested parties on Tuesday to sound out potential interests. Of course, Swiss newspaper Blick quoted quoted Weiss in in, in an interview, saying, Obamovich is currently trying to sell all his fillers in England. He also wants to get rid of Chelsea quickly now. I, along with three other people, Received an offer on Tuesday to buy Chelsea from Abramovich. Of course, Abramovich announced his intention to donate profits of any sale. He bought the club for 140 million pounds in 2003 and is owed million and twenty. mean, I mean 140 million pounds in 2003 and is owed 1.5 in loans to victims of the Ukraine conflict. Above statement continued. Moreover, I have instructed my team to set up a charitable foundation where all that proceeds from the sale will be donated. The foundation will be for the benefit of all victims for the war in Ukraine. This includes providing critical funds towards the urgent and immediate needs of victims as well as supporting the long-term work of recovery. Please note that this has been an incredibly decision to make and it pains me to part with this club. In this matter, however, I do believe this is in the best interest of the club. I hope that I will be able to visit Stamford Bridge one last time to say goodbye to all of you in person. It has been a privilege of a lifetime to be part of Chelsea FC, and I am proud of all our joint achievements. Chelsea Football Club and its supporters will always be in my art. Sir Tim Clackliffe, Britain's richest man, according to a fourth study in 2021, previously held preliminary talks with Abramovich over a possible purchase. Ratcliffe's brother Bob, who runs the football division of his company Ineos, told BBC Radio 5 Live last month that we were a significant way apart on the valuations. Of course, another difficult element for a potential buyer is the difficulty in renovating Stanford Bridge. Complicated plans to redevelop the 41,800-seat stadium. Which involved knocking the existing structure down and rebuilding a 61,000 capacity venue was shelled by Obamovich in 2018, around the time his UK investor visa expired. The site's freehold is held by Chelsea pitch owners and would not be, therefore, and would not, therefore, be included in any sale of the club. Well, that tells you right there someone's got to take it from this guy. But that's what happened. You get things taken, you probably get things taken away. If you are if you have ties to Vladimir Putin. The, and for us this would probably find it better if it's not like American ownership. I'll go for that. That's easier said than that. But that's gonna do it for me this week on Home this episode on Home Tour Sports. We'll be back tomorrow with all-new episode of five. Don't forget to check me out on Twitter, Home Tour Sports One, or my personal one, Matthew Holly, at Matthew Holly and we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. So with that in mind so long everybody with the exception of the and for the MLB thanks once again congratulation you played yourselves